All right, Eddie Lefk- Sefko. Sorry about that. Eddie Sefko is a uh, – he covers the Mavs. Not to be confused with Adam Lefko. Yes, that's where, why, yeah, that's where I was going. That's where I was going. There's a lot of moving parts right now on the show. Yeah. We're going from the Cardinals to the Mavs. Eddie Sefko covers the Mavs for Mavs.com. And we are going to get the debut, Eddie, of Kyrie Irving, I guess, tonight. But no Luka Doncic just yet. I think the big question for me with this whole situation, Eddie, is do you think – that Luca and Kyrie can play together in that backcourt, given you know they're both guys that like to be on the ball, both guys that can go out there and score. Uh, it, 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 you got two stars now in Dallas, but you know, do you think the chemistry can come together between them? Well, uh, it better. I mean, they're banking on it, so uh, uh, I think that's that, that's the number one thing. But but you know, I mean, these are these are great great players. I mean, Marquise Morris said this morning at the uh, Mavs shoot around that. Uh, he used to just scratch in 60 points for KD and and, and Irving uh, in Brooklyn, and that you know everybody just assumed that's what, what they were going to get out of that Tucson. So I think that's kind of what the Mavericks are, are are figuring on here now that you know once Luca gets back and they get a little time under their belts and all that. Uh, I just I, I just think that you know the the great players figure out ways, and and Luca. Uh, actually, I think she's going to be happy not to have to bring the ball up quite as much as he used to. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll figure out ways to create off each other. Uh, there'll, there'll be some growing pains. I mean, there's going to be a, a, a transition period for sure. But, um, you know, it's, it, it's, they're, they're clearly a better team now than they were, uh, you know, three or four days ago, at least on the offensive end. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You talk about Luke and not having to bring the ball up as much. It's tiring. It's tiring doing that sometimes, mm-hmm. having to carry the offensive load. Especially the, the way he is. Especially the way that Luke <laughs> is. Let's talk about defense, though, because you lose one of the best perimeter on-ball defenders in the league. You talked about how people are saying, and, and Markeith Morris is saying, oh, we can scratch off 60 for them. But can we scratch off 60 for whoever they're guarding as well? Like, How do you see this defense functioning? Well, um, <laughs> they're going to have to outscore teams. I think that's pretty obvious. I, and even even Jason Kidd couldn't uh, disregard that uh, in the in the news conference right after the uh, the trade week became official. He just said, "Listen, we're going to have to put up thirty one thirty uh, on most nights, and and we're comfortable doing that." So that's what that that's the idea. And and he still will will stress defense. It's still going to be out there, and and. The, you know, the trade deadline has not yet passed. There could be more changes coming. So, uh, you know, let's, let's let it, you know, let the dust settle. And then, uh, you know, who knows, maybe Josh Green develops into a, uh, a better defender and, and can, can step in and do some of the things Dorian did. Uh, but we'll see about that. What have been your thoughts of Christian Wood year one? Because you look at it, he's averaging 18 points per game and eight boards. But he's already played for eight NBA teams, and now his name's coming up in some trade rumors again. What is it with Christian Wood? Because it seemed like early on he was a decent fit, even though he was coming off the bench. The numbers are there. But, again, his name's coming up here. Well, I mean, uh, whose isn't? Uh, if it's not Kyrie and Luka, I mean, I think everybody else is uh, on the table, although they, they would be really hesitant to, to deal Josh Green and, and Jaden Hardy. I believe those are two uh, young guys that they feel pretty good about the future with. So, um, but uh, anybody else, if the right deal comes along, uh, sayonara. So, uh, let, let's let's just uh, wait. I think Christian Wood is. is uh, I mean, teams. First of all, they know he's going to be a free agent at the end of at the end of the year. They know they can get him for 
without having to give up any assets if, at that point in time if they're willing to pay the money. So uh, I think it's going to be a little tougher than people think that to move him, uh, even though another, you know the other way to look at it is that he's got an expiring contract and uh, teams that need the, the cap space can work with that. But uh, I don't know. My gut tells me that he's probably going to be here on uh, Thursday afternoon. Eddie, I'm curious, just following up on Christian, because I've, I've heard from some people you know, near the Dallas organization that they don't really care for Christian Wood as, as an asset or as a, as a player because he has a reputation of being slightly disruptive. Um, how do you balance that if you're the organization where you want to keep Luca happy? Luca seems to love Christian. They've talked about each other glowingly, and they want to keep Luca happy, obviously, which is why they got Kyrie. Like, what, what do you know, or how, how can you expand on kind of that notion and that balance? Well, I think, you know, let's face it, they're, they're a very small team, uh, and, and until, especially until uh, Maxi Kleber returns, which I, I don't think will be before the All-Star break, but uh, you know, they need a, you know all the help they can get at uh, at the big at the big spots. And Javale McGee obviously has kind of trickled off and uh, uh, is what it is. But but uh, apart from Dwight Powell, I mean, who else are they going to throw in there? You know, to grab rebounds and, and do the dirty work inside. And, and not that Christian Woods a great uh, you know interior presence, but he is big. He's a pretty good. Shot blocker there, you know, had a pretty good run about, you know, for a month there where he was blocking shots every game. And, and uh, you know, some, you know, there's no perfect team. <laughs> I think he's going to, uh, you know, he's trying to play for next year's contract. Will it be in Dallas? Eh, probably not. But, you know, these things have a way of uh, taking some twists and turns uh, that we, we just can't foresee. Talking to Eddie Sefko, GM tonight. So what what is the, I guess, the ceiling, the expectation of this team now, given the way it's currently constructed? Obviously, things can change. They can make another trade by tomorrow's deadline. But right now, with the way this team is constructed, what are the expectations for this Mavs team the rest of the way? Um, you know, they're, they're, the expectation is that they're going to be better than they were when they made the deal, which was basically a 500 team. I mean, you are what your record says you are now. So are a lot of other teams in the Western Conference. I mean, yesterday, I think, or the day before, uh, nine teams were within the game, a game of each other in the loss column. They either had 26 or 27 losses. So, I mean, this is this, is, this thing is wide open. Yes, Denver looks good, and, and Memphis is, is pretty good, although they've got some cracks in their infrastructure. So, I, I'm, uh, you know, I think they're going to let this thing roll, see how it goes for the next two months. Uh let the chips fall and then kind of take stock. And, uh, you know, if it works great, great. You know, then they fork over the big money to Kyrie. And if it doesn't work, well, you know, there are other options out there. Yeah, and I feel like that's why, you know, it was kind of uh, Mark Cuban having to do what he had to do because we saw the billboards. Luca obviously needed some help. So he went out and he made a bold move. If, th- if this doesn't work out, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, how concerned – would you be with Luca possibly leaving when it's his time to go? You know, if this move doesn't work out and he wants to go, he wants to win. Do you have any concerns? I mean, because obviously, you know, you guys kept dirt there forever. Mark Cuban, obviously uh, a really smart guy, good at his job, but I worry a little bit about Luca possibly leaving Dallas. Well, I would say this, that, that, um, you know, Luca is, 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 I mean, he's, he's the clock's ticking, no Mm. question. And, um, but if it doesn't work, you know what they've done 
they've shown him and his camp that they are going to go out there and continue firing. They're going to do do things that they think will put the best roster around him. And uh, they admit, remember, they have limited assets in terms of the draft and, uh, you know, viable uh, player assets that they're willing to part with. So it's not easy to get stuff done. This was a pretty bold move just from the fact that uh, Dorian certainly was a fan favorite and, and, and a key member of the organization. Spencer had been where he was having a fabulous uh, year as, as, as a, uh, you know, a good uh, second or third option. But you have to do these things if you you always take a superstar when you have a chance to get. Them. So uh, they're out there swinging. Uh, if they miss, I can assure you, Mark Cuban will come back and swing swing again. Yeah, that's fascinating stuff. I am curious, just in terms of how beat reporters, fans are feeling about Nico Harrison and, and Jason Kidd in their tenure so far. Uh it's, it's, it's still a, I mean, it's still open for discussion, I think. But, you know, again, the, the key is that, I mean, in this first year, kid got them to the Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. You know, the people just kind of just want to let that fact uh, kind of slip into the background. I mean, he did a great job coaching this team up in the last half of last season. And, um, you know, they, they, did they get some, some good breaks along the way? Sure. But that, that counts. And sometimes you have to have those to, to uh, you know, maximize your your uh, your abilities and, and all that. So, you know, Nico's a young GM. He's uh, trying to make his name and improve his brand. And there's no better way to, t- uh, you know, swing into the fences like this. Yeah, no question. And listen, when you have Luca, you've got a franchise player to build around, and the Mavs certainly have that. Eddie Sefko, Mavs.com. Appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on with us. Oh, there he goes. Eddie's Thanks, Eddie. Done. Thanks, Eddie. <laughs> a little bit of a connection issue, it seemed like, at the end. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's going to be like we're, not, we're only going to see Kyrie out there at first, but the big question becomes what does Luca and Kyrie look like together playing? And it's going to be an adjustment for both of them. But I'd even argue more of Luca because he hasn't played with somebody of Kyrie Irving caliber at all in the NBA and really his entire career because playing overseas, you're not playing. There's no Kyrie Irving's playing over in any European league. It, it really doesn't matter. 